Hello everyone and welcome to this week's views from the 573 podcast. Hope you all are having a good Friday as we're heading off into the weekend. Got a lot of catching up to do with what's going on. The Super Bowl is set. We got some NFL stuff going on. A couple coaching openings are gone. We'll talk about that. All-Star Reserves, talk about that as the trade deadline is next week. And I'm leaning towards doing the show on Friday to see what all the action is so that we don't miss any of it and we can recap it all next Friday. So I may be doing that. But uh, we are a week away, less than a week away from that. But we have all this NBA stuff going on with the All-Star break approaching uh, trade deadline, a Super Bowl, and NFL offseason in full swing, as always. So we're going to be touching on some of those things today. Uh, we'll start with the NBA uh, here in a minute. Uh, but before that, a couple things to note. Entertainment Channel, check out the comic book movie draft that me, Matt, Rebecca, and Peter all did. Uh, be sure to go check that one out. A uh, whole lot of fun to do, and we may be doing more drafts here in the future. So be on the lookout for those. Th- those are, we've done two of them. Th- this one was a lot of fun. So be sure to be on the lookout for potentially some others. And a couple of fun ideas that we've, I think we threw around in the pod. So be on the lookout for those uh, in, in the future. But uh, check out the channel there. Check out the this channel, where you guys get your podcasts, all that good stuff. Check out Twitter, 573 Pods. And I believe that is everything. So let's get right on into it. And let's talk about the all-star reserves here that were just announced last night on TNT before you had a couple games here, including my Grizzlies, in which kind of a game to, to forget right there. But other than that, um, all-star reserves. Of course, we had our starters announced the week before and so we were just waiting on the reserves the reserves picked by the coaches and so we were anticipating who are the guys that the coaches were going to pick and so last night we found out who our reserves are let's start with the east and first up you had Bam Adebayo then you had Jalen Brown DeMar DeRozan Embiid Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, and Julius Randle. Uh, of course, Embiid and Jalen Brown, I think, were two of the locks here that you could pencil in and say, okay, those two guys are definitely going to get in. Embiid was a product of being left out of that loaded front court in the East with Tatum, KD, and Giannis. So he's in there. Jalen a lock as well, having a career year, averaging well over 27 points per game on the best team in the league right now in in the Celtics. So he's a lock. Bam has been incredible this year, has been a guy that's that's been scoring in double digits, been an impact player, is one of the leading go getters and points in the paint in the league this year. So obviously why he's in. DeMar, the Bulls are down, but DeMar's averaging some pretty good stats this year. 
Uh, of course, the Bulls are without Lonzo, so he's having to do a little bit more there. With uh, Tyrese Halliburton, the league leader in assists right now, in assists per game. He's missed the last few games. He's coming back here pretty soon. He might. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play, but uh, if he does, well-deserved for him. Uh, the Pacers have been struggling without him in the lineup, and he's been really good for the Pacers this year. Uh, again, one of the best assist mans in the league, uh, averaging pretty good points per game, I believe around 20 or so. So he's doing good for himself this year, and so he earned himself this selection. Uh, Drew Holiday, who is a guy like I agree with Chuck, who who said that Drew probably should have made more all-star teams in his career, and I'm right there with him. Drew Holiday is a very good player, one of the best players in this league, one of the best two-way guards in the last few years or so in this league. And so he made it this year. Of course, he's had to do a little bit more with the Bucks not being completely healthy all season long. You've missed out on Milton for some time, and he's getting back into the swing of things. But Drew gets the selection there. And then Julius Randle. Somebody from the Knicks was going to get in. Um, Randle has regained his form from a couple years ago and is looking really good. Uh, Brunson was probably a guy that got snubbed here. But I don't know if you could put two Knicks on, on here when they're around, what, seventh in the East. So it was going to be very tough to do. And you have had to take in one of these guys off anyway to, to replace you know Brunson with. But Randall gets in having an awesome year uh, along with Brunson, his running mate. But Randall gets the nod here for the Knicks. And so the Knicks have an all-star for this season. Now moving on to the West. Uh, Paul George, when healthy for the Clippers, has been really awesome for them this year. Uh, Pairing uh, him up with Kawhi, uh, he's been really good this year. Shea, Shai, Gilgis, Alexander, still going to have to get used to that pronunciation. Uh, Well-deserved for SGA. Uh, there, we can cut it short to that. Uh, SGA, I mean, has been incredible this year. And we we kind of expected the Thunder to not be uh, where they are right now, and kind of expected them like tank uh, for Wimbenyama, have all these draft picks, all that good stuff that Presti has built up here in the last year or so. But Shea has completely changed that, and uh, he's been incredible this year with the production he has on the court. Uh, just incredible. Again, it's that log jam of guards in the West with Steph, Luca, Ja, and uh, SGA. But uh, he gets the nod here. Jaron Jackson Jr., probably the surprise right here. Uh, AD, I did think, did get snubbed. But again, who? which other big man would you replace uh, him with? You know, would you put AD over Marketing, who's been really great for Utah this year? Replace him over Sabonis, who's been dynamite for Sacramento this year. So Jaron would have been the only option to, you know, have AD replace him. 
And, you know, someone pointed this out on Twitter, and I don't know if it's true or not, but, you know, well, we just got breaking news. That's what it is. Um, I'll get to here in a minute. But, uh, you know, you had the whole Twitter, you had the whole Reddit thing with Jaren, and, like, there's a post about his stance being boosted up, and it got a lot of NBA people looking at closer at his game i was like you know what you, you can maybe say one or two of those blocks for not actually blocks but other than that i mean the guy's been killer and maybe made other people take a look at him I was like yeah this guy's deserving of an all-star uh selection so it's just a theory out there that uh, i saw that you know maybe helped jaron's case here the last week or so uh, because He's running the clubhouse for Defensive Player of the Year with the season that he's having. And I'm very happy for him. Uh, he's he's deserved this for uh, a while now. Um, it really is great to have another all-star besides, of course, who we're going to get to in Ja. And so I guess we can just say Ja, well-deserved. No surprise here. He gets in. Uh, but to have two Grizzlies on here uh, – you used to pray for times like these as a Grizzly fan, and now you got two of them here. I mean, you can make the argument that Bain would probably get the next best shot at an all-star selection instead of Jaron, but nonetheless, I'm happy about it. And so he's going to Utah. Next up, Dame is going as well. He's been having a killer 11 games here and has been on a tear for... Portland and Portland is not that bad and Dame is probably the only reason why and you know there's a lot of talk about should Dame be traded or not uh, what's the situation going to be in Portland are they going to rebuild but uh, he's doing well so far this year uh, marketing we mentioned him he's been unbelievable this year getting traded to Utah and Utah, while still not a, a top team, but completely far away from tanking uh, like we all thought they were. And marketing has been a key reason why. Of course, he had John, and then you had Sabonis, who, along with him and De'Aaron Fox, who probably was another guy that got snubbed, uh, has been awesome this year as well. But those are your reserves here for the All-Star game now we still got to figure out who's going to be in the festivities i believe the dunk contest is all filled up you know the dunk contest has kind of fallen flat the last several seasons and i think we're probably waiting to see who's in the three-point contest and who's going to be competing in that because that's been the big event and that is part of the reason uh that's due to the reason of you know where the league is gone where it's a you know make or miss league relying on the 30-point game. So those are your all-star reserves that were announced last night. And again, this is all in the lead-up to the trade deadline, which is next Thursday. And, the, and what I just paused for a, a couple minutes ago was because of somebody that might be dealt by the trade deadline or is wanting to be dealt by the trade deadline. And that is Kyrie Irving has told the franchise that he wants to be traded ahead of Thursday's trade deadline. 
that's just happening a few minutes ago. And, you know, we had this saga, I guess you can put it lightly, with him in the offseason wondering if KD was going to get traded or if Kyrie was going to get traded. And so now here we are back again a few months later and Kyrie wants out before the trade deadline. And listen, I, I, I don't know if you... I don't know what Kyrie's value is anymore. I mean, Kyrie has been really good this season after coming back after what was a really awful start for him on and off the court. Uh, just like, just, ugh. But he's come back, and he's been actually really good for Brooklyn. And so this comes as... I guess a shock, but not totally a shock, considering where we were a few months ago with him. But Kyrie, it looks like, wants out. And you have to wonder, uh, you know, in the back of your head, how does KD feel about all this? Um, you know, you have to think about that. But, you know... Kyrie back on the market. So we'll see how that changes things. If you know, if there's going to be some teams that are going to want to add him. So that's just happened here in the last few minutes. So what a way to get some breaking news in early in the pod. Usually we miss these sort of things a little bit later, but no, not today. So Kyrie has requested a trade from Brooklyn ahead of next week's trade deadline and makes things a lot more interesting with uh with him on the market and could we see kd on the market who knows but uh there's some nba for you really interesting start to for this pod with all this nba stuff so there you go there's some nba stuff for all of you uh let's move on to some nfl let's talk about championship Sunday, and we'll get into all the other stuff here uh, after that. Of course, there's been a couple big stuff that's happened uh, in the NFL besides the championship games, but we'll start off with them. You know, we talked about last week how I, I thought these were going to, we were going to get two good games here. And as far as score is concerned, um well you know Cincinnati definitely had it had its struggles against the Chiefs and even though it was a three-point game I don't know if it was particularly all that close considering how the Bengals played in this game but uh San Francisco and Philadelphia I think is pretty easy to diagnose what exactly happened here and that is, you know, when San Francisco goes out on offense, you know, so, of course, Philly has the drive there. The Devontae Smith catch, was it a catch or not? Philly did a good job of getting back to the line quick. You know, if you are in that type of situation, you want to get back there as quickly as possible and not let there be a chance of a review. And they did what they had to do. They got back to the line. And they end up scoring on that possession. 
and you, you wonder if that changes things. So Philly, so Philly scores there. San Francisco comes back on this drive to go and try and tie it up. You have a tight end blocking Hassan Reddick, who is not on the short list of Defensive Player of the Year, but probably got snubbed from it. It should have been the conversation at least, and has been an awesome piece to this Philly defense that has Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, a couple other dudes on that defensive line, and they've just been wrecking havoc all season long and have been a key reason why Philly's been so good on that side of the ball. And so Reddick goes up against a tight end and hits Brock Purdy, and of course it's ruled a fumble, but then you get the injury to Brock Purdy in which hurt his elbow, looked like his wrist, kind of. But now we know it's a UCL injury. Possibly going to need Tommy John surgery. And so that knocked him out of the game. He got Josh Johnson, which this is the worst-case scenario the 49ers could have built up. If they had to think of a worst-case scenario, I think Sunday was it. If Brock doesn't get hurt right there, if you don't let a tight end guard Reddick on the edge there. Maybe this game's a little bit more closer than the score indicates. It was 31-7, to and Jalen Hurts didn't have that great of a game, in all honesty. Um, didn't lead the Eagles in rushing. It was Gainwell, who only had 48 yards. And Jalen Hurts, only 15-25 and 121 yards. So he didn't have his best game, but for San Francisco, worst case scenario, Josh Johnson has to come in. He have emergency backups like McCaffrey and so, I forget who else. Um, but he had those things going on. He had Bosa going off the field every now and then. He, he was getting a little bit banged up. Uh, but Philly, I think, just dominated the line of scrimmage here. Um, on both sides, especially that defense, I really affected um, San Francisco. And of course, when Josh Johnson wasn't in there, he got knocked out. And then Brock came back in, of course, couldn't throw it as well. And so it was really primarily leaning on the running game. So McCaffrey had 15 carries on 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but he was pretty decently held in check as was Elijah Mitchell. And, you know, Debo didn't have a huge game. So San Francisco and going to Philly wasn't all that close. And so Philly wins 31-7 uh, big time. And again, you, you wonder, you know, with injuries like this, you wonder if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt. Does that change the complexion of this game? I think so. I think it changes it by, uh, by a little bit, you know, if he, you know, you didn't have that play where he had a, a tight end. I don't know if it's a second or third string tight end blocking Reddick. That's not what you want to do. That's not a good play design. Uh, that's just asking for disaster right there. And so Philly, they're moving on to the Super Bowl. First time since 2017. They're headed back. And, you know, Philly fans... They're going to be in full force here. You know, they were after this one, and uh, 
we might get a repeat of uh, what happened back a few years ago if uh, they find a way to win it in uh, in about a week or so. So Cincinnati and Kansas City talked a little about this before Philly and San Fran, but uh, Burrow had a couple of really bad picks in this game. Uh, the running game did not get going at all for Cincinnati, and you know we wondered if offensive line problems would be an issue here. And it kind of looks like it was the way the way Cincinnati was dominated up front. Kansas City kept on making plays with their defensive line. Uh, Chris Jones was a wrecking ball up front. P. Ryan didn't have a good game rushing. Mixon, who has got his own stuff going on now, other bad stuff going on, um, was not good in this game. Jamar Chase was pretty much held in check. Higgins did have six catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. But besides that, I mean, Cincinnati, I think, got dominated on the offensive line, which is what you were wondering if it was going to happen against Buffalo. Instead, it happens against Kansas City at Arrowhead. And, you know, Cincinnati did a lot of talking in leading up to this game. And, you know, I can somewhat relate to that considering the Grizzlies are talking a, a little bit right now. And you're seeing some of the consequences of that play out. But it's who they are. And, you know, the Bengals have had a track record here since Burrow has been in Cincinnati of beating Kansas City, whether it's at Cincinnati or whether that's at Arrowhead. And so Kansas City, they end up getting them this time. And, you know, it didn't help that Cincinnati let Burrow get sacked five times. That does not help. It also does not help if you, well, it's just more of, because of how talented he is. You have Patrick Mahomes on the other side going 29-43, 326, and two touchdowns. Uh, pretty near impossible to stop if, if he's doing all of that uh, on the other side. I mean, Kansas City, their running game could not get going at all. Neither running games were effective at all. And that might be something to watch here for Kansas City in, in the Super Bowl, but you had guys like MVS step up. Had a 100-yard game this game. Then you have Kelsey doing his usual stuff. They just got all these different guys that can make plays for him. Like Hardman didn't get a whole lot of touches. Sky Moore didn't get a whole lot of touches. Juju, not a whole lot of touches. Um, Tony, not a whole lot of touches. But it, they just got a variety of guys now that they can get the ball to and they can go and make plays. And, of course, everybody's talking about the setup at the end of the game and which yeah, listen, wherever you are on the field, whether it's due to a punt return that goes awry for Cincinnati and Sky Moore gets a, some good field position for Kansas City or whether he the punt coverage is good. Either way, you give Mahomes the ball last, you're terrified. Wherever you are on the field, you can, I think, be on, you know, well, maybe not, maybe when he's on the 10 or anywhere in there, maybe on the 20, but anywhere else, you're terrified about where he is on the field. Especially if there's time late in the game because he can go march them down the field just like that and get them in position to go put points on the board and win the game. And so you had the great punt return by Sky Moore there. And then you had the penalty on Joseph Asai. 
hitting Mahomes out of bounds, in which you've seen stuff like that cost teams um, before, but here in a really bad situation, gets Bucker in good position to go and kick the game-winning field goal. And I do feel bad for Osai, um, you know, and seeing video of him in the locker room. Uh, he played a pretty good game uh, from looking at his stats. He pr- played a pretty good game, and it's just that one thing's going to be the thing that overtakes all, all the good stuff that he did. But Kansas City, they are moving on to the Super Bowl and are going to be in there for the third time in four or five years, I believe. And so they're making this a regular occurrence, and they're headed to play Philly in, was it, Arizona? Uh, so they are going to be doing all that. It's going to be the first time Arizona's going to see some good teams this year uh, with what's been going on with the Cardinals, which just to reference that here a quick for a quick second, uh, having coaching candidates not wanting to go there, particularly because of Kyrie, uh, because of still thinking about Kyrie, because of Kyler, that's not good. Um, but Kansas City, they move on, beat Cincinnati 23 to 20, and head to play Philly here in about a about a week. I think we can it's fine enough to say a week. So our Super Bowl is set. Philly, Kansas City, the two best teams in the league, the top the top seeds in both the conferences are going to be matching up. You got the Kelsey brothers playing against each other. A little bit of co- conflict there with mom there. Uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, Mahomes and Hurts, two guys that are probably to the top MVP candidates. Hurts certainly was up there. Now it seems like it's Mahomes. And you're just going to have some really good line play for both teams. Offensive line for both teams are really good. Uh, and the defensive lines are pretty solid as well. So should be a fun game here in a week or so, but we're not going to dive too much into that. We're going to save that for next week and maybe take a look at some prop bet stuff and some predictions for commercials and all that stuff. It's being reported that there's like 11 movie trailers. So I don't know how much predictions you can do on that when you know you're getting 11 movie trailers and it's pretty much been said what some of them are. But we're going to save that for next week uh, along with uh, the trade deadline stuff. So we'll save all that stuff for next week and dive into the game more closely next week. But obviously I think this is a good matchup. I think we were going to be set up with good matchups either way. If it was Philly and Cincinnati or if it was Kansas city and San Francisco, uh, I thought we were going to be set with a good matchup either way. And uh, we got our matchup here between the two number one seats in the AFC and NFC. So we're going to be eating good. Uh, in, a, in about a week. So we're going to be fine. But that's your Super Bowl. Philly, Kansas City, and Arizona. So should be a good game, but we'll dive more into that next week. So let's dive into some more of the stuff that's been going on around the NFL. And let's talk about, uh, well, you know, let's spend a, a little bit time here talking about something that affects a lot of teams, and that is Tom Brady retiring again. 
Uh, of course, we had the we were going through the same thing last year, so I don't think uh, you know what was said last year uh, on on this pod can still apply to this year with everything that was said. Uh, a, career, a career that is going to be looked at as the greatest of all time in the history of pro football, and it's not going to be even close. The one thing that has been added though is like there's no iconic moment that Brady was really a part of. And so that's actually a, a good point to be brought up. But the guy was just consistent throughout his career, consistently great. And he is now on his way to retire once again. And funny enough, same day as he retired last year on February 1st. So I guess, you know, there's going to be some people that are going to have their countdown and like okay you know he came back and said he was gonna go play for tampa for one more year yeah 40 days after that uh, so let the countdown begin i guarantee there's a couple people out there that are like that um i do think this is there's some sense sense of finality to it he was either retire or go back and play for tampa uh looked at he supposedly looked at the other teams a lot we talked about maybe Raiders being a pretty good fit. But it does sound like he is done. And it does affect a lot of teams as far as what they're going to be able to do in this offseason because that is one quarterback domino that is off the board now. And so for somebody like San Francisco, in which you know, you're probably not going to see Jimmy G come back. Uh, Trey Lance is still recovering. Purdy, if... He is going to have Tommy John surgery. It's going to require a full year of rehab, potentially. And so your quarterback situation is kind of looking, even though it was looking good here about a, what, a week or so ago, it's now looking like, okay, what is the plan for 2023? And, you know, you thought, well, Brady could be an option. But now that he's off the board, it's like, what else do you do? Do you maybe go make a play for Aaron Rodgers with this, you know, being a 49ers fan growing up and being a California kid? Um, do you maybe try to make a play for him? Not knowing what you're going to get out of Lance coming back and he got Purdy potentially sideline here for a long time. So the 49ers are kind of screwed there. Raiders, I don't think, are as screwed. Um, again, they, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a possibility. Pair him up with Devontae, maybe it's a possibility. Uh, Jimmy G is a possibility. Um, so there's a couple options there for them. Tampa, I think, is going to be really hurting. Uh, as far as their camp situation... It's going to help not having Brady's contract on the books. Their cap situation was among one of the worst in the league heading into the offseason. And so it's going to help them out a little bit, but that quarterback situation is uh, is going to be hurting for them. And you, you wonder if they make a play for Carr or Jimmy G and decide to get in on one of those dominoes that's going to fall. And, you know, Aaron is another one that's affected by this as far, not as far as teams, but as far as guys, 
you know, he's now the guy I think everybody's going to be looking at. It's like, okay, do we make a play for him? San Francisco, uh, the Raiders, Jets. It, it doesn't look like Green Bay would trade him to, to an NFC team. So maybe looking at the Raiders and the Jets, and it sounds like the Jets are going all in or wanting to go all in on Aaron Rodgers. So that's somebody else that's been affected by that. Probably seen him move up the board a little bit as far as what other teams want to get him now that Brady's not available. So Brady officially retires again. Um, it does feel like there's some, again, some sense of finality to it this time. And, you know, again, everything we said last year still applies to this year and his career. I mean, this guy is undoubtedly the GOAT of his sport. And, you know, it. it's a, another point that's been brought up. You know, I don't think we can say that about any other sport. I mean, in the NBA, you got the LeBron and Michael argument. Although that might seem to be going away here if LeBron keeps smashing all these records. He's about to take Kareem's record uh, as an all-time scoring leader. He's moved up to top five in all-time assists. And he's now number four. And he says, like, you know, maybe I have a few more years left in me. And I mean, he's doing some insane stuff in year 20 at 38 right now. So there's an argument there. There's arguments in baseball and hockey, but there's not an argument in football. And so there, those two things about him not having really a iconic play in the in terms we think about it, um, that and the fact that he's probably the GOAT without an argument. And, you know, Mahomes is probably going to be the next guy up that if he wins the Super Bowl, that's going to be number two for him. And I know he's a long way away from Brady still, but – at 27, you know, there's going to be a lot of people looking to him as like, that's the guy that I think that's going to get the closest to Brady right there as far as being the GOAT. And so we'll see if the Super Bowl is going to do that for him. But Brady, officially done. At, uh, at 45, he said he was going to play until he was 45, and, you know, that's what he did. So there he goes, right off to the sunset, Tom. Next up, let's talk about some of these coaching moves that have been made. And we talked a little bit about this one last week, and it looked like it was going to happen, and it's happened. And the Texans hiring D'Amico Ryans as their next head football coach is a guy, again, that spent some time playing in that organization, I believe six years. Uh, moved on into coaching, has been coaching with the 49ers for the past few seasons, moved into that defensive coordinator role for uh, once Robert Sala left for the Jets and has done a fantastic job moving into that role and has been a desired guy to come in and be a coach in the near future. And now he has got his opportunity in Houston. And let me tell you what, as far as situations go, I don't think it's completely awful. You look at where they are. They are definitely going to be taking a quarterback at number two. So he's going to get his quarterback in there right away. Um, as a defensive guy, your offensive coordinator hire, I believe, is one of the mo more important things that you can do as a defensive guy. And getting a, a bright mind 
on that side of the ball, that can really help you and where your career is going to go as a coach and really help determine whether it's going to set you up for success or for failure. Um, you know, we saw, we, we, we kind of saw how it affected with Sean McDermott, who's a defensive coach. He had a Brian Dable come in. Now, sure, Buffalo didn't make the Super Bowl, but you saw what Dable did for their young quarterback and Josh Allen got improvement out of him and made that Buffalo offense look really great. So if I'm D'Amico, first thing I'm looking at is who's my offensive coordinator hire? Who can I get in? And that'll be, I think, one thing to watch if you're a Texans fan as to who he gets for that position. And, of course, that's going to be big along with which quarterback are you going to pick? Are you going to pick Young, Stroud, or Levis? Um, All three have a lot of good pros, but they have some of their cons. Bryce is his stature. You know, a quarterback that small, do you want him to be taking that many hits? We've seen how it's affected a couple of guys that are that small. Stroud, that game against Georgia, I think really helped the stock, but you wonder if he can do that more consistently, make plays off script instead of being a guy like that when the play is broken down, can he do stuff out of that broken play? And then with Levis, a guy that is the prototypical quarterback, big, strong, leadership, toughness, has the big arm, all that stuff. It's that there's a lot of inconsistency. And this year, Texas was not Texas, Kentucky was by all measurable standards, not I think what a lot of Kentucky fans have, would have wanted to see out of a guy that could potentially come in the top 10. But each of them had the pros, each of them had their cons. And so it'll be really interesting seeing not, not only which coordinator they hire, but which quarterback would they then go after? Does that coordinator have a particular desire for one of those quarterbacks and say, hey, no, I want this one or I want that one? But I do think that as far as what D'Amico brings, he does bring leadership, does bring some toughness to that organization, which I think they really need to go from here and be a standard for the organization going forward. And also, look, looking at the deal, it's six years, and if you've seen what the Texans have done with David Coley and with Lovie Smith, two minority coaches, only giving them a year, I definitely think D'Amico has taken that as a factor and saying, listen, I'm not going to sign a three- or four-year deal. I'm going to sign a six-year deal, so I'm going to build some job security here in getting six years. And is it, and that, I think, was a really smart move on his part. And also, looking at him, he was a desired head coach. Was probably a guy that, if you look at it, if you know, if, as far as new guys are concerned, that could make the jump to be head coach, was probably at the top of the list as far as guys you want to bring in that are on the rise as being awesome, potentially uh, being potentially awesome head coaches. So the Texans make their hire, uh, D'Amico Ryan's again, uh, coordinator hire is going to be interesting. I'm not worried about what he does on the defensive side of the ball. I think, you know, what he, he's going to bring to that side 
foot more. But uh, the offensive side, that can make or break a defensive head coaching hire. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Next up, we wondered if this was going to happen, and it officially happened here this week. Sean Payton going to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Now, the Broncos had a long road to get here. They were one of the teams that had interviewed D'Amico Ryans. Uh, they go away from him. They go to Harbaugh. Harbaugh staying at Michigan. They go back to D'Amico. And I think by that point, it's not going to happen. And so they go and do the Sean Payne thing. They've already talked compensation about what it would be. And they come and came to terms with it here a few days ago. And... Obviously, it was pretty obvious that Denver was going to have to give up their first-round pick who was, that they got from the Dolphins from the Bradley Chubb trade. And so giving that one up, uh, so a 2023 first-rounder, giving up a 2024 second-rounder uh, for next year's draft, and getting Sean Payton, and also to help out the deal, the Saints are sending a 2024 third-round pick to Denver. So Denver has now got its coach, and of course the draft capital is going to be somewhat limited. I believe they got two early third-round picks in the upcoming draft. Um, so those are going to be their first two picks. Not that much cap space to work with. But you add a coach like Sean Payton, I definitely think it, that Payton is going, it could be the guy that can get Russ back to where he once was. And you look at what he did in New Orleans, along with Drew Brees, and how he put Drew in the best position, positions to succeed. I think he's going to do that in Denver, along with Russ. There's a lot of talent on that roster. Fix up the offensive line a little bit, shore it up, and let's see where it goes. Russ, I, th I still think is good. I think it was just a down year and in a bad situation with a first-year head coach and a, a system. Uh, no, I just think it didn't work out. You got some really talented receivers there. You got a talented running back in Devontae Williams who you hope can come back after his ACL injury. And then on the defensive side, that was probably one of the only bright spots for Denver all season long was that defense. A lot of good pieces there led by Patrick Sertan Jr. Um, tough thing is they are in, a, in the division that includes Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs heading back to the Super Bowl. You have the Chargers who just made the playoffs and have just hired Kellen Moore now to try to help out with Justin Herbert. You got the Raiders, and we'll see what they do in the offseason. So they are in that division that's going to be really tough to make it out of. But I think this is a home run hire for Denver. And it was put it in the context of them getting Russ and Sean Payton in back-to-back -back off seasons was kind of put this way um, by Dan Graziano. It's like, you know, Broncos basically traded three first-round picks, three second-round picks, and three NFL players for Russ and Sean. That's a lot of capital to give up. 
But if Denver is still good on the defensive side of the ball, they're st- they can still make some good selections in the draft, kind of help build up the depth there uh, and make whatever moves they can. I like this move a lot. Sean Payne is a really good coach. He, you know, needed a year off, kind of recharge. And I really like the move. I think he's going to help get Russ back to form, maybe not as good form as he was in Seattle, but I think get him close enough to it to where they are going to get a version of Russ that that they wanted to get and acquire and traded all those picks and players for. But I, I think this is a good fit um, for, for Sean as well. And being an offensive-minded coach that knows what to do with a veteran quarterback and can get him in the right positions to succeed. Again, there's a lot of weapons there. Judy, Sutton, uh, Albert O, not going to mention his old name. That thing's too long, so going to mess that up. Hamler. Um, Tim Patrick, who was actually a decent receiver for him, was out. Uh, Javante Williams, again, just shore up that offensive line, and let's see where this thing goes. But uh, I really like the hire of Payton going to Denver. I like it a lot. I think it's going to be a good move for both sides. And I think if that is it, I think that's all I had for this week but uh you know it's been a crazy week in the nfl on and off the field and all this stuff going on with brady and texans and and the broncos they didn't got the conference championship weekend stuff and then you had all this nba stuff and so really curious to see what happens uh down the road with couple of these other openings i believe the colts and the cardinals jobs are the only ones that are still left and again we touched on the cardinals here a few minutes ago colts i don't know which direction they are going into maybe they're going to roll with jeff saturday and just see what happens with that so only two coaching jobs left and we'll see if those get resolved here in the next week or so uh but next week we're going to be talking about the super bowl we're going to be diving into it and giving our last prediction of the season of who is going to win the super bowl this year the last game of the season between the eagles and the chiefs so we are going to check that out more in depth next week the nba trade deadline we're going to talk about that a little bit more and see which moves have been made and see if those moves are going to help teams out, which teams are buyers, which teams were sellers, and uh, see if those moves are going to help a team out in a potential run in, uh, to get to the finals in June. So we'll talk a lot of more about that next week. It should be a fun trade deadline, I think. So um, I think we'll probably have a fair, our fair share of moves that we can talk and dissect and see if that's going to help out the teams that made those moves. So that'll do it for us here, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, greatly appreciate it. Hopefully you all have a good rest of your Friday. Hopefully you all have a good weekend. Uh, not, I don't think we're going to have any NFL game, no Pro Bowl. We got the activities stuff. But other than that, uh, only one more week until the Super Bowl and only one more week of football. So that's 
said enough, but you know, the NFL, as it proves, is pretty much a year round thing. So uh we'll be talking more about that once the game is done and get ready for the offseason. So thank you all for tuning in. Stay safe. Have a good weekend. Be sure to go check us out where you guys get your podcasts. Check out the comic book movie draft that we all did on the entertainment channel. Find us at Twitter at 573 Pods. We'll talk to you all next time.